Hi. Hi. What's up? Um, I am barely awake and I feel like I have allergies that's fucking up my voice. Did you uh, take anything? No. Do you take anything? I do sometimes. I just try not to take it every day because it fucks with your histamine. And if, apparently you actually need histamine in your body. Our brain. Wherever histamine lives, you need it. Really? Yeah, for um, energy. So You need histamine for energy? <laughs> I don't know. That's what I... That's what one naturopath I was seeing told me. He was like, you're at a zero on histamine. You actually need that shit. He didn't say shit, but, okay. you know. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't... I didn't... Um, I mean, this was years ago, but I have not in the remaining years researched exactly why we need histamine. But mm -hmm. um, anyway. And how many how many years have you had to research this problem? <laughs> I've had probably 10. Yeah. Yeah, probably 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> and I love researching things. Mm, just not but... that, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He was one of those doctors, uh, like, patients would write reviews of just in terms of, like, how attractive he was. Oh, okay. Which, I don't know. All right. I, I mean, would... that seems like that could be a thing, but... I mean, I guess, but I just feel like if you put that much work into school and, like, you know, um, bedside manner and whatever, I just... I would hate for for me to go to school that long and like become a doctor of something and people to review whatever by just being like, yeah, I do her. You know? Right. So, yeah. They're like, <laughs> oh my God, he's so yeah. hot. <laughs> right. I contracted so, this <laughs> whatever <laughs> so that I could get another appointment. Right. I did have a like stunningly hot doctor one time I was mm -hmm. I was working out and I did see him for a totally frivolous reason because I was like I have to go like was I imagining that it was like a tv doctor hmm. um and it was when I worked at a place that had a doctor on the premises and um I forgot what my first visit there was for but I was like stunned and speechless because he was like this young like hot like it looked like he walked off a tv set i was just like what the fuck is yeah. going on and then i like stubbed my toe really bad one day <laughs> oh come on <laughs> you're like yep doctor gotta go to doctor I did. oh well it was it was the kind of thing where like i didn't know if my toe was broken because it was like sure. um terrible anyway he he ended up like giving me a tetanus shot so hmm. how was that for you was <laughs> yeah no then then he wasn't there the next time i i mean i didn't i probably the went next time that. you hurt yourself so that you could see him again <laughs> he had escaped to hollywood so yeah. he probably just caught on yeah, yeah. it's probably a little of both he's 
if I'm gonna, I could just go be on Grey's Anatomy or something and not. Yeah. A lot, a lot more money for a lot less work. <laughs> totally. <laughs> not have to see all these like tech geeks coming by, like these horny <laughs> college students. Stanford. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Mm. So, um, welcome to Rudderless. Oh yeah! Fuck! I forgot to welcome yeah. everyone. Welcome to Rudderless. Yeah. Where we give rudderless doctor reviews. Mm-hmm. This is the podcast about scamming your way into seeing hot doctors. <laughs> Not once, but twice. Um, how do how do you do it? Do listeners call us. How do? You, what's been your most successful ploy to um, see and re-see the hot doctor in your life? Yeah, mm-hmm. and really, that could be a metaphor for things I don't know what things off the top of my head because I did just wake up but I feel like I don't have any I don't have any hot doctor I have a therapist once who I was convinced wanted to sleep with me but I think kind of doesn't everybody kind of think that at some point about their therapist like that's a pretty normal thing to think uh no no well I've that's particular to my own narcissism. I don't, I don't know. I mean, okay. I'm kind of, I have never thought that any of my therapists wanted to sleep. I mean, they're probably like, listen to me and are like, oh, gonna steer away from that one. Mm. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, they don't need to think that you're like stable to be sexually attracted to you. But... Yeah, I guess but, there yeah. is type of therapist or type of person who's like drawn probably to the a therapist yeah out of all the things that could be yeah so we left off um last week we were talking about the difference between um what's the nice way to say this keeping a lot of stuff and not keeping a lot of stuff oh or good um, job good or you, job or you might say having things <laughs> right um and i would say i don't know freedom minimalism <laughs> yeah. yeah okay are you making an espresso right now uh no but i was ordering one online okay well i could really hear like the slam of your you know i have a bracelet on and i have a ring that i never take off and i think um I just like to kind of slam them around as I talk. Great. So maybe, maybe, um, maybe the bracelet will come off. See if that'll help. So Let's yeah, see. what were what were your thoughts on that? You were you were saying that we were probably pretty on different ends of the pole as far as that goes. Yeah. Well, the question was about um, how do I stop buying all the right. shit about me? Right. Yeah. So not about having it, just buying it. Yeah, but you're buying it for yourself. Right? To have. I mean, yeah. supposedly, but I think that... I mean, she's not like a compulsive gift buyer. She's buying, or they are buying things to hoard out their homes with, right? We Am don't I betraying know. my bias a little bit too much here? We don't. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying we don't know. And I think as far as things that you probably don't understand, um, this is one that the buying is separate. It's a separate process than the having. Hmm. Explain. 
Well, it's more of an addiction process, a dopamine process, um, a, a process involved in like imagining the future I want. Whereas when you actually have the item in your house and you're like, oh, fuck, I need to put this somewhere. And like, then that becomes like a shame spiral mm. a lot of times. So, I mean, I don't know whether this person is asking um, because they feel they have a problem with it or just they want to like, they have no emotions involved and they just want to like manage their money better. But I, I hear from a lot of people in recovery where they, and this happened to me too, where they um, get sober off one thing and then, you know, another symptom pops up, whether a process addiction, like. Oh, that's super it. common. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like people will get really into working out or um, yeah. a certain you know tv series or whatever like they they just replace some, something with another so, yeah. so is that why like when people like is that why people can have all this stuff in their house and it's like barely even opened or not even opened because the main part of it was just the obtaining of it or the ordering yeah. of it in my totally unqualified opinion yes huh. okay yeah my um my grandma actually on my mom's side had that where when I mean she grew up during the depression so part of it was like probably influenced by <laughs> heavily influenced by growing up in the depression and having right. nothing and then being like trying to make yourself feel safe or um like you did deserve things or you know had enough resources by like hoarding them but when she died, um, the family, I'm not including myself in this, but, um, you know, my mom and my fucking cleared it all out. And there were so many things, like there were outfits from the 50s with tags still on that wow. for storing just shit she had ordered and not opened. Mm -hmm. So, um I, I forgot how I got on that story. So anyway, I would just say for um, people with any kind of addiction, it seems like you stop one thing and you just start off with something else. And like, maybe it is less harmful mm -hmm. at the moment. But um, the reason why that whack-a-mole thing is happening is you're just looking at symptoms and you're not fixing you know, you're not working on the um, core problem. So for some people, drinking is the core problem. I've heard that. I've never actually, like, had a deep conversation with someone where that turned out to be the case, honestly. Yeah, so. that's 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 crazy because that comes up a lot with people I know is it's like that's actually not the core. That's the thing that you found that kind of scratches mm -hmm. that itch or turns your brain off or whatever it is that you need to do. I feel like you need to do but that's just the thing that you found like it could have been shopping or opiates or so i think a lot of the time and that's why a lot of the time like 12-step programs or recovery programs all kind of fall under the same blanket 
like there are, like yeah. if you look at like an AA book versus an NA book versus a SLA literature, it's all the same shit, just slightly re- reworded, right? Like, yeah. Or at least I know as far as NA and AA, it's almost literally the same book with a, a couple yeah. of edits. Well, I think that's just because AA was so prominent and then other places are like, oh, hey, this works for some people. We can just take a, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't know. In my opinion, uh, that stuff, that stuff wasn't um, taken because it was like so good and so effective and spoke to so many people. I think it was just taken because it was big. What are some alternatives that are out there? <laughs> oh God, there are like a but million. These, listen, I, I do need to stress that these are vouched for and insured by us personally, and they are guaranteed to work for anyone and everyone <laughs> who might try them. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, come on. Um... No, there's, I mean, there's a ton of stuff out there and not everything works for everybody. And not all aspects of everything work for everybody. So I'm just interested what you know, as far as what what you're aware of, might be out there for somebody who doesn't like what they found in recovery that type of field. I well, I feel I feel like we've strayed from the original question, which I can't I can barely I hear like an echo of an echo of the original question, mm-hmm. um, but. Yeah, we were talking about how, well, I was talking about how um, you're managing the symptoms, not the problem. And you mentioned like that's like so many 12-step programs are essentially the same wording, just around like a different object. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that to me, I just think AA has dominated the landscape for a long time and and like maybe um maybe there could be a program of however many steps or zero steps and something else instead of steps but for like adult children of fucked up parents that's not using the aa language Mm -hmm. which i find i just find the language very outdated and it's just like very hard to you know, it's like the um, King James Bible or something. Right. I need like, a, I don't know, something that's not a Bible. <laughs> like yeah. a tarot deck. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, those things have been around for a while, too. So I think as far as the shopping question goes, the how do I stop buying stuff, um, I, I don't know that there's one answer to that. There's, um, you can get rid of all your credit card and um, start a budget and do mm-hmm. things that way. Are you doing like data entry right now? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's a great way to make extra money so you can buy shit you don't need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. There are, there are books on shopping addiction or shop, you know, buying too much shit i personally haven't found any of them that helpful there's like a you know stop and ask yourself these like eight questions before you buy anything which i 
I don't know. I, I don't know. Like that never really worked for me because the questions kind of catch you while you're, if you, if you have the willpower to like look at the questions and go through them before you buy this random thing. Um, or at least for me, uh, I'll just speak to my own experience here, but um, it's really like, the questions are like, do you need this thing? And you're like, of course I need this thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's why I want to buy it because you're, you're like kind of uh, in a trance already in a way. Right. Like I, yeah. I totally cannot relate to that personally, but I've seen it and been kind of flabbergasted by it in other people. Yeah. Whereas so like, I think you so clearly do not need that thing. Yeah. Um, but they're just like, but but look, it's I mean, it's like, it's here. It's three dollars. It's a you know, it can do right. It can scrub your back and then also the dishes, like in one. Yeah, thing. let's get three of them. <laughs> I know. Have you ever been to um, the Japanese dollar store? The Japanese dollar store? No. Yeah, um, there's a chain called Daiso, and mm. it's like a magical wonderland for me. I go in there, and everything is so cute. You know, they have like, and everything's, it's usually $3, not $1, but um, yeah. Cool. It's three at, times as good. Right. It's mm -hmm. three times as cute for sure. It's, mm -hmm. it's amazing. And the first time I went in, I was like, oh, this is like a boundaries exercise for me um, because I just want to have all the cute stuff that they have in there. Yeah, so I, I, I'm not sure that in trying to interrupt the process at that point really helps. What has helped me is um, donating things and looking at like all the extra stuff I have. Mm. Um, also thinking about like how much longer I might have to live and how much I'll really be able to get to in that time as far as using the resources I have or like right. reading, reading the books that I have on my shelf. So like I some used... real bigger picture shit, like, yeah. How many, yeah. Like how many actual books can I read before I'm dead? Yeah, exactly. So I used to have about a thousand books mm -hmm. and um, I, I loved it. I was like very happy with it. My, psychologists had told me like at the psychologist at the time had told me like no you actually do need to buy books because I I had stopped buying things because I was like planning on killing myself basically and I just wanted to like whittle down my possessions so my family wouldn't have that much to deal with after I died so I told my psychologist that and they were just, they gave me the weirdest look and they were just like, you should buy books. So, so for a couple of years, I was like engaging in the joy of buying books and having books. And I just fucking love books. So um, that was great. And then, and then I realized like, oh, you know what? I, and I got a lot less suicidal during that time, which was just a coincidence. Mm -hmm. But um yeah then i looked at i i had a weird dream actually 
that I knew that I only had two years to live and that I looked around my apartment and I had like all this excess stuff and that could just go to other people who were actually going to use it. And so in the dream, I piled everything I was going to use in the next two years in the middle of my living room. And it was very small pile. And I just had, like I called Salvation Army come Mm -hmm. (laughs) to come and take everything else. And it felt so good in the dream. So having a prophetic dream really helps in paring down what you have and like giving yourself a different perspective. Okay. Check. An acquisition. So prophetic dreams check. Yeah. If you can figure out how to have those, that'd be helpful. Yeah. That is kind of like a, a Marie Kondo type thing though, where it's like, just pile everything into one spot yeah. and kind of be aghast at how much crap you have and then whittle down from there. Yeah, I think the point is, I mean, I think a good trick to any kind of recovery program is not shaming yourself. Mm. And so you have so to be like... able to... <laughs> it's amazing. It's like, it's, it's a totally different way of being in the world than I was previously used to. So, Interesting. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, because I, I think if you, um, <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, I think if you shame yourself, you get stuck in these cycles of like shame and then you try to do the addictive behavior to like try to blot out your shame, your overwhelming shame, and then it just turns into this negative cycle. But mm-hmm. for me, it works a lot better if I'm somehow able to just, you know, be more observant, observe the situation, describe the facts of the situation without using any kind of pejorative language. Okay. And you can even practice that on on something as small as like a pebble or something. So if you can uh, take... And I was trying to think of something that you actually might allow into your house, you. So, um, <laughs> so I don't know. Think about a guitar pick and like I describe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fine. Fuck you. Um, um, I'm looking at a coffee cup. Okay. Yes, coffee cup. So you can describe the coffee cup aloud, and then. What I found when I do this exercise is a lot of times I wanted to put in words like, oh, it's this nice shade of blue, but then nice is a pejorative word in in a positive way, but I mean, it's value loaded. So um, describing something without using any terms of value that you're attaching to it is really a tough exercise but really interesting to get into yeah it sounds difficult yes and so like like saying oh it's smooth it feels nice in my hands you know then uh, i have to go back and just be like okay it's smooth it's round it's sturdy (laughs) i don't know anyway um if you start out doing little exercises like that, it becomes easier to describe like your, I want to call it target behavior because that's what it's called in DBT. 
target behavior. Um, but yeah, so that can that's like a non-triggering way of saying like whatever your addiction is or um, self-harmful behaviors, things like that. Yeah, I got anyway, it. Like target behavior, yeah. the behavior, yeah. the behavior that you're targeting. Yes. Um, okay, and then another tip I have for this person who wants to learn how not to buy a bunch of crap is reading um, books on hoarding, but not not like shaming books on hoarding. Um, so how are you going know. to There's... find those? And also, would it be better to check books out from the library than to buy them? Because if your problem yeah. is buying stuff, maybe like buying stuff to tell you not to buy stuff isn't the best idea. Um, <laughs> I just saw these arrows going around in circles in my head. So, um, yeah. Did I say buy the book? Though? No, no, and that's why I, I asked. Just like, said, okay, okay, yeah. It might be a good idea to use your library. Yeah, and then once you use the library, instead of buying the book, like give yourself credit for that. Mm. Like feel really, really good about yourself. Let yourself like take a moment, pause, let like pride, even if you don't uh, fully buy into the pride, just imagine what it would feel like to be proud of yourself for living this new life that you're um, acting in accordance with your own values. So anyway, um, you know, there's a there was a really good memoir I've read from this woman whose parents were hoarders that described the impact on her life. And it's a very non-shaming memoir. And then that led to another book I read about like the psychology of of this capitalist society where we're all encouraged to just like, yeah, you're not going to be complete until you can imagine yourself like with whatever all these all these like modifications to yourself that will supposedly make you complete and like fill your life up oh it's such garbage and it's so it goes down to stuff that is so basic like i've been living in the american south for the past almost a couple years now and there was one time i was talking to somebody about just getting around and where, where I am right now is not, like, I think it has a walk score of, like, 12. Oh, like, shit. Like, no shit. Oh like, my no God. exaggeration. Like, it's just not, they oh. never even imagined that anyone would ever live here without having a car. Um, wow. So, obviously, I can't impose my will upon the place. But I was saying, you know, this is how I get around. I, I bike. And at some points, it's kind of dangerous or whatever. But this is how I get around. And cars came up and I just said yeah I don't want a car and he was just yeah. like stopped dead in his fucking tracks like looked at me like wide eyes like you don't want a car <laughs> like like he'd never heard that in his life oh my God. and I was like no I don't you you couldn't give yeah. me a car you could give me a car that I would run into the fucking ground and leave it wherever it ran out of gas like, that's how much I care about a car. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's really basic stuff. Like, you know, these these things that you're supposed to value that you don't have to. Yeah. And that note, I remember, like, I had always had cars until the first 
year I lived in Chicago proper and um, I got rid of my car and it was this like mind blowing new way Mm -hmm. of experiencing the world where everything slowed down and everything seemed so much like better and more interesting and I could like see more details and connect to more people and yeah it was amazing yeah that's even I've noticed that even the difference between biking and walking like walking I even notice more than biking because biking I'm still going faster I'm on high alert because I'm going to be murdered at any given moment by someone who's not used to seeing somebody bike around and doesn't really care but yeah you you see so much you feel so much more in the place even if you're not of the place you feel like noticing little details and um yeah it's so crazy because if you told somebody it's really like a city country thing isn't it because someone in new york or chicago who's from there it's not even like the fourth or fifth thing on your list that you need to get a car oh no not at all yeah it's pretty wild yeah i think uh just if buying excess shit is a problem for you like you can take you can take all these like draconian measures of like um you know reading the list before you buy shit and everything like that but what really helps get rid like get to that um substratum type level is just questioning like where your beliefs come from who came up with your beliefs like why you think you need something how how you think it'll change your life and then make fun of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what works for me. It's just like, oh, I think getting this like foot massage thing will actually cure my foot pain. Like when the fuck am I going to use the foot? Like I don't use the stuff I already have for like I, I could work with my hand, you know, I could just like stretch, do stretches and I'm not doing that now. Mm-hmm. Do I think having some advice is going to like magically change my life? And yeah, so just a lot of questions and being maybe more playfully critical if you can get to that spot than like shaming. So playful criticism, not shaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's gonna be my um, lifestyle guru angle is playful criticism. Playful criticism with Ty. Um, yeah, I, yeah, so fun. Yeah. Well, I think we solved that one. I think we did too. Um, I will link a couple of the books that I was thinking of and couldn't actually think of the titles of in our uh, bookstore bookshop thing. And you can take those titles and look for them at the library. Nice. Nice callback. Yeah. And there's a great app called Libby. I think there are a few others, mm. but if you have a library card, you can check out um, ebooks and uh, audiobooks from your library by using the Hell app. Yeah. yeah. If you've used Audible at all or anything, there's a lot of books you can get on Libby through your library for free you can get the audiobook version and listen to it. Yeah. Yeah, like almost all mm-hmm. of them I found. So um anything else? Send us questions. Yeah. What are you asking yourself day to day? 
do you ever look at your life and go, what the fuck is going on? Or do you have an annoying person in your life who you hate dealing with? And do you want advice on that? Because I love giving advice on that Mm. shit. So, and I think we also, like, I love these broad questions, but if we could have a little more detail about what exactly is going on in your life. Yeah, and I'll say one thing. Dear listener, yeah. Page, it's uh, anchor.fm slash rudderless has an option to leave a message. And the messages, I believe, have to stop at a minute. So it's a good way for you to leave us a message that is concise. <laughs> um, let us do the rambling. You don't want to hear anyone, do you? No, I don't. <laughs> Couldn't be. All right. Yeah, leave us like 10 consecutive one-minute messages that all weave together into a new story and bigger question. Yeah. A beautiful tapestry of... Yeah. Oh, hey, you know what? Um, we're on iTunes oh, now. Yeah. So, listeners, you can rate us, review us, give us... Well, I, I wish you would give us feedback to us directly, but if you want to do it on iTunes, like, I live for those reviews. I'm sure I would if we had any. Yeah, so, I'm, getting, yeah. I'm, I'm about ready to start living for some reviews. So, <laughs> so whatever you use rate us and review us on it it does help people find the show and um it honestly gives us a reason to live so take that with you into your day oh god (laughs) what a fucking guilt trip (laughs) yeah don't call your mother call Mm -hmm. us Mm -hmm. we're your family now yeah we've been waiting for you and our life has been so empty without you and please don't go (laughs) Um, Okay, well, it was good talking to you. You too. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.